Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Drag Time with Heglina. Thank you for listening in and for subscribing to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Good thing uh, this coming holiday season is not canceled. The Golden Girls are coming back for four live stream shows, uh, December 17th through the 20th, Thursday through Sunday. And uh, we're doing two new episodes, and we are, yes, recording them live. You can go to thegoldengirlslive.com for tickets. That is thegoldengirlslive.com for tickets to those four shows and very limited meet and greet tickets. Um, And also the Golden Girls are doing a special drag holiday party called Twas the Night Before Christmas. How about that original title? We are doing it. That is for William Sonoma. Uh, and that's featuring, of course, me, Hecklina, Matthew Martin, Darcy Drollinger, and a whole lot of times. You can get tickets for that at williamssonoma.com slash goldengirls. And that is December 10th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So uh, we are there to save Christmas. Get your tickets for William Sonoma, and also thegoldengirlslive.com. And thank you for being a friend. If you want to find out more about how to support the show, visit our website, dragtimewithheclina.com. Um, we have somebody very, very special on the podcast today. I'm actually a little bit nervous because I'm actually a huge fan of our guest today. There is probably not a day that goes by that I don't <laughs> listen to the music of the B-52s. And they've been with me through through really a lot of milestones in my life. They've been with me... Uh, through dark times and good times, and uh, you can't really listen to them uh, and stay in a bad mood, kind of like ABBA, you know. <laughs> um, and, and 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 you know, and a lot of the best songs that have gotten me through uh, through times, a lot of the songs I really love, are performed by this lady who's with us today. Please give it up for the fabulous Cindy Wilson. Hi, Cindy. Hey, heck, Lena, what you up to? Oh, you know, I'm just I'm just living the dream uh, or living the pandemic, I guess, actually, right here in Palm Springs. I had a very Palm Springs day. I went to Liberace's house and then I went to the dollar stores. So it was a great day, you know. <laughs> yeah, I heard that Elvis's honeymoon cottage was there. Is yeah. that have you seen that yet? I have not. So that so the Liberace had Liberace had a bunch of houses and the one house that you that you can see that's not like gated mm-hmm. is um was actually just a house he used as a guest house but it's amazing. It's oh uh, it has God. you know it has statues everywhere and the the mailbox is a, is uh shaped like a piano and just like it's really amazing. Oh what a man. He's just uh, incredible, you know. Did you ever see that movie that came out a couple of years ago about yes oh wasn't that great Who yeah was it that? was it was um, behind the candelabra that was with michael douglas and oh, matt yeah. damon Oh my God, that was so good. Well, we bumped into uh, the guy. There was a, the caretaker or the landscaper was outside of the house today, and he he was so friendly. I think he was a little bit drunk. He smelled like vodka, and um, but he was telling us all about when they were filming that movie, and he he actually knew Liberace. So and he he took care of Elvis's house, Dean Martin's house. You know, Palm Springs has so much history. Oh my God, he should write a book. Wouldn't that be I great? Know. Yeah, I know. Just all the history in this town. Oh, I know. Sex and sand. Well, <laughs> and palm trees. <laughs> Speaking of history, <laughs> now you, you, I mean, I have been such a fan of yours for so long. I think you know that. I'm, I'm always a little bit tongue-tied around you, even though we're friends now. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
So you are in Athens? I am, you know. It's uh, it's great. It's in Georgia here. You know, it's a university town. I was born here, mm-hmm. and this is where the bees started. Oh, and I, I met my husband here. And uh, after our kids uh, flew the nest, we, we kind of downsized and got a little bungalow here. In a five points area, you know, it's it's great. Georgia's pretty, you know, and the university. I mean, Athens is uh, much more liberal, but you know, than a lot of places, you know. I've so only I'm been to Atlanta. Yeah, I've, I've only been to Atlanta. I've never been to Athens. I need to go. I was never able to go visit you because you were always on tour. Oh, it's been, um, it had been a busy few years, I'm telling you. I know. But, you know the, then the pandemic came, and the, mm-hmm. it's just been sitting, you know, and the, trying to uh, – I have to sing to the cows, you know, in Georgia. I mean, in Athens, they call it, you know, the mm. – uh, Athens Bulldogs, but in, uh, you know, really it should be cows, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think to them? You know what I do? I, I go out here. I can even show you. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hold, hold on. I'll, go, I'll, I'll go outside. Ah. <laughs> huh? Lollipop! Oh my God. Lollipop! Come uh, here! <laughs> Lollipop! Lollipop's the one that really likes my singing. Lollipop! <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, this is her favorite song. You ready? You ready? What's it all about? Oh, <laughs> she didn't like it. <laughs> well, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> you liked it. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Do you like it? Do you actually have cows there? Yeah, they're just walking around like you know. <laughs> you just go out the door and they're walking around. It's it's Georgia. <laughs> Oh my god! I didn't realize that. I've, I've heard of Georgia peaches, but not Georgia cows. That's it's like that's all that's here, you know. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, but you know, it's it's fun. It's fun. So I've I've been singing to Lollipop and Cleopatra, <laughs> and I, I, I've named a couple of cows, uh, Fred and Kate, too. You know. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> they come around, you know. Fred, I mean, Fred's a little cantankerous, and uh, and Kate likes to uh, just go running around the field, you know. So it's it's really nice, you know, to see them. Well, Fred's always Fred is Fred himself is a bit cantankerous. He is, he is, he can be, but and fine too. Oh, you know. oh my God! The the last time I saw you guys at the Fillmore, I was I was back <laughs> I was backstage, you know, for the meet and greet. Uh huh. And Fred walked out, and somebody took a picture of him that he did uh-huh. not that, that he had not posed for. Right, right. And and, and he said, um, "I need you to delete that photo that you just took." And the guy's like, "I didn't take a photo." And he said, "I just saw you take the photo. Delete it." You know, he got really. I was like, "Oh my god!" I know it's like <laughs> a movie. Is, yeah, but that is kind know. of rude to take know. a photo of somebody I without. without. No, well, he's been that way. I don't know what. Yeah, it is. I don't know what gets. Is it a star? thing i don't know you know maybe but, but 
I do think it's kind of rude to take a photo of somebody without well, without asking them to pose that. first. Yeah. yeah, he can be cantankerous, you know. Well, that's all right. That's okay. He's he's earned it, I guess. He's he's <laughs> paid, he's paid his dues. <laughs> yeah, and he's mm-hmm. due doing on everybody else. <laughs> oh my goodness. You are sassy. Oh, I'm being sassy. But so, anyway. So yeah. you so right before we started recording, you said that you were downsizing and you said you had some B fifty twos memorabilia and maybe some wigs that you were gonna send to dear sweet Hecklina. Is that true? I am. Well, you know, we're downsizing. My husband and I are downsizing. We've got I've got tons of wigs, you know, from the last few times that we were uh doing the tour, that mm-hmm. blonde up do. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got too many of them. So, wow. and I've got some outfits too that I need to. Uh, I think you would do them justice. So let do you me think send that, it to um, you. Do you think that you're not? I mean, obviously the pandemic will go away eventually, so you are going to be performing again. Shouldn't you hang on to your outfits and wig I don't or what? Know. Should I? Because they've already been seen. Oh, know? well, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely give the wigs to me. Definitely give the wigs to okay. me, for sure. Okay, um, So what What have you, okay, you know, I, it's a question I try to avoid because this whole podcast that we started, it's kind of been during the, we started it right before the pandemic happened. So I've been asking everybody, what have you been doing during the pandemic? So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, have you been good? Have you been staying at home? What have you been doing? Uh, well, you know, it's, it is, I like everybody else, stressed out, don't know what it's, what's going to happen next. And, mm-hmm. and if, you know, all that, and it kind of, yeah, very stressed out. But it's doing. I'm doing doing a lot of cooking, and and looking inside, you know, and um, and actually uh, doing uh, doing some new beauty uh, beauty treatments that I have around the house. You know, I've got. I like to cook, and if anybody wants to know, uh, I've got a great cornbread recipe. Um, but after I after we don't eat all the all the all the cornbread, I can use it as a as a beauty treatment, like for a scrub, buttermilk and cornbread is makes a good scrub, you know, after uh, that. But I've got a great recipe. You want to hear it? Wait, I saw that recipe and somebody printed your recipe, but they didn't do it right. They added sugar to it. Oh, that made me so mad. They I mean, ruined, you know. they ruined, they ruined. Why, why would they, why would they tinker with your recipe? I don't know. And up North, they put sugar. And yeah. the, the cornbread and south we don't. And so they thought, I'm sure that I forgot the sugar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear your recipe. I'd love okay. to try it. Okay. This is uh, my banana cornbread uh, recipe. Okay. And first you got to heat a small black iron skillet in the oven uh, with three-fourths cup of oil or butter. Put it in the oven to get it really, um, uh, you know, snapping hot, like on 375 degrees. And then you get your bowl and put about a cup of yellow cornmeal in it and a cup of white flour, two teaspoons of baking powder, and a half of a teaspoon of baking soda, and a one and a half cup of buttermilk, and you and two eggs, and you and you you whip that up and. Um, 
And with the banana, you chop it into little pieces or just squish it between your fingers. <laughs> it doesn't require sugar, you know, because, you know, the, the banana makes it a little bit sweet. Too. Uh-huh. Oh. And, uh, but you, um, you know, you take the uh, pan out of the oven and pour the, uh, the batter into it. And it's, you know, you can tell that the oil is really, really hot and it's going to make this really great crust on it. You put it back in the oven and let it cook for about, I guess, 30 minutes until it has a good color. And you touch the center and it's, and it's a little harder. And then you get a plate and, and uh, just flop it on and there you go, you know. And what do you serve it with? Oh, well, with anything. Of course, uh uh, turnip greens is my favorite, you know. Mm-hmm. Do people down in Georgia really eat butter beans? They do. They do. In fact, Kroger has run out of uh, butter beans. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if everybody's like kind of stacking, you know, food, hoarding food, you know, for the right. future or something. But, yeah, a lot of dried beans are gone. Well, so. you have that great. You have that great tutorial song from Whammy, Butterbean. <laughs> Butterbean, Butterbean. Yeah. And, uh, I started making iced tea again, which I haven't. I used to drink when I was a kid, but in the South, iced tea is like the thing. Oh, I know. I know, right? Do you and, drink sweet tea? Is it sweet tea or an? Well, I, I. I make it a little difference. I call it my Terrence McKenna iced tea. And what I do is I boil water with black tea le- tea bags. And I found this uh, half a cup of uh, low-carb brown sugar, like sucrin, I don't know, and, and uh, maybe a half a, uh, I don't know, just a dash of baking soda. And I... What I find, since everybody, I'm trying to do that um, where you take a little bit of uh, mushrooms and you're like a microdosing, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and I and I do, <laughs> and so I, I find a great way to do that. Just throw about three psilocybin mushrooms into the hot tea and let it kind of you know mesh and everything mm-hmm. and uh, put it in the refrigerator and and put it over ice and it's great. It's really that, great. That would be you know, so you amazing. Be high, though. Huh? I, it'd, be, it'd be so amazing to invite your relatives over and, <laughs> for, for a meal and, and serve them that tea and just see what happens. Right? Know? Yeah, that would be a fun thing. But, yeah, you know, yeah. my husband and I, uh, we're doing the microdosing, and it's a great thing until you get to the end of the picture, and then it becomes a little stronger. So you, you do start seeing a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> the psychedelic stuff. I love, funny. I love the stuff you're doing now that you got rid of the kids and you and your husband are downsizing. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the kids are gone. And uh, so we're, we're freaks. We turn out uh, to be freaks in our little love nest. Well, but- big surprise, big surprise. <laughs> but we're having fun. It's, it's all been, uh, yeah, cooking, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Oh, you know, I've been so bored mm-hmm. that I went on the, uh, virtual walking tours. Do you ever do that? No. Have you go oh, on YouTube? You can uh, you can go on YouTube, and they've got you can go virtual walking on in Venice, Italy. That was one of my oh. favorites, uh-huh. and and it's just like you're there. 
and except you're not tired. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just gorgeous. And the thing is, it just it's an, it's just like a real time walking there in them, you know, with him walking, you know, and and it's like you're just like strolling along, seeing everything. Oh, and then uh, so that. it's it's if you're like feeling pent up in in the house, it's a it's a good thing. And also, I went to Pas- Pasitano. Is that it? Pasitano, Italy, walking Ooh. tour. Uh-huh. Gorgeous, gorgeous. It's like on the cliffs. This little town built on the cliffs. On you know, like white glistening, uh, you know, buildings. It's just amazing. And again, you just like, it's like you're there and you're like walking, you know. Sometimes I put on a wig and a, I put on my favorite ah. pantsuit, <laughs> shark-proof pantsuit. <laughs> 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 I act like I'm walking down and waving to everybody. So you, um, I mean, I, I guess, I guess you, you travel so much when you're on tour, but you don't really get to go on vacations a whole lot. Am I right? Because you're always, it's true. Always, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's only a glimpse here and there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. But I do make notes saying, okay, when I come back here, I'm right. going to do this and this and that, you know, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I can't wait till I can uh, start traveling again. Well, every now, whenever you're in San Francisco, we always tried to make time. I remember that one time you came to Golden Girls, and one time me, you, and Derek went to uh, that China for Chinese noodles. <laughs> right, it was. So uh, oh, you were so sweet. You know what are what are some of your favorite memories of playing in San Francisco? Because you played there a lot. You uh, you played oh, there yeah. for well, Halloween you know, the last few years. I know. Well, you know, everybody loves San Francisco. I mean, in um, in the B fifty twos, I it's like my husband and I, my favorite city, and it's just got a, a you know a great feeling there. You know, I know it has its problems, but but you know, yeah. all the times I, I I was there, just uh, we made a lot of great memories, and and it's just so picturesque, you know. And yeah, you you uh, you played Pride there one year too, and yeah, it was such a it was it was so hip and so wonderful to be involved with that, you know, and uh, you know it's definitely very meaningful for us to do that, you know, Mark. and you know, and um, now I've got a uh, I told you I've got a um, an, a new son. I went from my daughter to my son. He's trans now. Uh huh. And um, he's he's been doing it for a few years now and starting to get the I guess you know get the hang of it and everything. So so I've got I've got two wonderful sons now. Well, I I remember when I went to go see you at the winery and I went backstage and you were talking to me about it and you were having kind of a hard time with it, but you you seem like you're in a good place with it now. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, it just happened. Mm-hmm. You know. When, but which was really wonderful to be surrounded by all the LGBTQ people, you know, in all different, you know, not just one certain way, but all the rainbow, you know, mm-hmm. and that, I mean, the artists that you have working for you and your artistry too, and your and uh, your soul is in every part of that. Uh, place in that theater and that and the group you have, you know, yeah, it was it. It literally was a mind, a mind 
blowing experience. And, you know, I, I tell that story all the time about the wonderful artist. And uh, it was such a tribute and funny as hell, too. But the performances were genius, you know. It was oh, fun. Yeah, that was totally fun. It's always great to experience stuff there in San Francisco with you and Derek. You guys get along so well. So Derek, nobody knows that, but he's your assistant when he's you're traveling. He's my assistant. Yeah, yeah I, I got to be in my 60s or late 50s, and I said, well, I need somebody to help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, if we were going to go on and do it really professionally, mm-hmm. I needed an assistant. He's great. Yeah, and he's, he's, you know, sometimes I can be real quiet and he can just take on the the conversation, right? Well, you want that too. And you you, you want somebody that can also handle a lot of the shit that you don't want to deal with. Absolutely. And he's really good. He's got it. He's got a good eye. And he tells me a lot of his opinion, of course. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's really good to have a, just an assistant to help me through some stress as and get me organized and get me out of the uh, venue right. quickly. Because yeah, yeah. if it's just me, I'm, you know, you're real tired after the show and it's really hard to pack up, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're supposed to, you know, also you're supposed to meet and greet and talk to people. So, it, you know, so having Derek was really Ace, you know. Well, wonderful. Derek, let's let's face it. Derek is a real weirdo. I mean, me and okay, well, me and Derek bonded over the Manson family. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. that? Yes. <laughs> we yes, both that went- was funny. That was a, that was a funny thing. Y'all, where'd y'all go? Y'all went to the graveyard of. Uh- we we went to go see the grave of Abigail Folger. She was one of the people who was murdered by the Manson family. But oh we were. Oh my god! That what a detail. Yeah. We right? were literally, we were literally at soundcheck for your show, and we were like, "We gotta go," you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you call him? Did you talk to him? I well, I I, t- I called him. I texted him last night. I said, "I'm so excited to interview Cindy tomorrow night," and he was telling me just stuff. You know, I said, "Is there anything I shouldn't talk to her about?" And he said, uh-huh. "Well, you know, don't ask her questions about." How do you, how do you, how as a working mom, do you find the time? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's, you know, I'm sure you hate those kind of questions. Well, I have been criticized, believe it or not, in 2020. I can't believe it. What? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, the thing is, you know, I, you know, I've got a partner and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's, we're kind of conventional, unconventional parents, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, you know, he's. He was doing a lot of the stuff that I, you know, when I wasn't there. So it's been, it's been a good thing, you know, well, and yeah, it worked out yeah. well. But you're, you're obviously dedicated to your kids because after, um, after Cosmic Thing and, and on that big tour, you did not do the good stuff and, and the tour after that. So that was a big, that was well, a big, I, that, I was, that have, was a big, yeah. I, that didn't, was have, a, I didn't have yeah. kids, Heclina, then. Um, to tell you the truth, when that was going on, I was um, I was just burnt out from, yeah. from uh, Cosmic Thing. And there were, uh, like, all these emotions just, uh, you know, it was just extremely hard because it was the first, first um, shows without Ricky, you yeah. know. 
And uh, you know, Ricky's energy and Ricky Ricky's genius and his 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 guitar and his mm-hmm. soul. Yeah. So much a part of that that it was extremely hard to go out, even though I was so happy about Cosmic Thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there it was it was just like two opposites happening. I was happy, but I was sad. But it was very strenuous because yeah. of that, you know. And but um, but we were we were so uh, pleased, and and it just blew us away that that Cosmic Thing turned out to uh, be such a big hit. You know, huge. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. You know, and it's still kind of echoing. You know. Oh yeah. Through you know so mm-hmm. um and also um the days when ricky was was with us you know it, those were to me my fa- most favorite times though well yeah that i, I asked my, you yeah yeah that was my vision of I, of it all you know but I i'm, I'm once, very oh. happy i'm very happy what happened though with cosmic thing and then i kind of got burnt out and uh, mm-hmm. you know i told the band you know and i gave him a year's notice Oh, okay. So it wasn't a surprise. Then. No, it wasn't unprofessional. I mm-hmm. I gave him a year's notice, and I, you know, I said I'm I'm going to leave and such. A, but they didn't believe me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I I did. And the uh-huh. thing was, it was good because I needed to go reconnect with my family and and also my husband because we'd been touring mm-hmm. uh, nonstop for for a few years, you know, with, with cosmic things. So it's always kind of a strain to, uh, try to make everything equal, you know? Well, that's but, what I mean about you being dedicated as a mom that you were, and, and a wife to be able to take the time off from the band to focus on that. And I, I remember one time I, I did ask you once what your favorite B 52 stuff was. And you said, a lot of this stuff, well, you know, that, that Ricky did was so special, like like throw that beat in the garbage can, like those that special kind of guitar work that he would do. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean... It's one of my favorite uh, songs. It's uh, It just is so perfect of uh, a way to understand his, his, uh, his thinking on melody, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he's so unique and and so original, you know. Um, he knew. He told me that the end of rock and roll was really near, yeah. and that and that we should just have fun, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and do extreme things and and just do new things, you know. So and that's what we did. B fifty twos. We had girls singing together. You know, we had the group singing together. We had Fred song. We had, you know, me my song and Kate's song and, 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 and Keith and Ricky did, uh, I guess, uh, just instrumentals, you know, so we, we, you know, had a lot of directions we could go and it was all just experimenting and it was all fun. It was really mm-hmm. fun. Fred had a real gift of gab and a little, a, a lot of a funny twist to his eccentric, you know, uh, lyrics and, and, uh, we would follow him and sometimes he would, would follow, uh, Kate and I too, you know, so it, it, it went, excuse me, it went around and around and, uh, and we got to be creative in so many directions, which 
I think yeah, made I, it a was, healthy band for a long time. It was definitely groundbreaking, the kind of stuff that you were doing, the references you were doing, like outer space stuff and, you know, the surf sounds. And it was a great combination. And the, and the three voices trading back lyrics. And, you know, uh, I, I, I'm sure you've been asked all the time who influenced you, but there, there's obviously bands that you guys influenced who followed after the B-52s. Um, what do you think of, like, the Sugar Cubes and stuff like that? What 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 bands do you think were influenced oh, yeah. by the B-52s? Uh, there's, um, like you said, Heckley, there's, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to go on about it, but there's been a, like, yeah, it's just like part of the the development and uh, a lot of people's paths, you know. Mm-hmm. Have and there's a lot of B fifty two, I guess bands, you know, where they do tribute. You know, mm-hmm. those are those. That's a mind blower right there. You know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the thing is, uh, yeah, there's been so many bands of uh, it goes. I can't name them all. I'm, I'm no, getting, yeah. But it's it's just it's just fun to uh, see people say, oh, "Oh, it's okay to do that. It's okay to be, you know, to turn things on its head, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just go crazy." And so um, that that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was a very original sound. But you've also you also have a lot of real intense fans. That so I I sat with you at a meet and greet once, and I saw. The fans coming up to you, and how at do you your re- place? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And how do you react when fans come up to you and they have a Cindy Wilson tattoo on their arm? I mean, is is that weird, <laughs> or it's, yeah? Are you kidding? I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's there's the Cindy Wilson uh, that does the shows. You know, there's dozens of Cindy Wilsons. It feels like, mm-hmm. and it depends if it's just like me at home. You know, and I think about it, it blows my mind. But in if you're in the club and somebody comes up with a city, I say, all right, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. But it's, uh, but yeah, I love it. I love, I love that that the band has helped people, and uh, and that has made me uh, push harder mm-hmm. at times when I had been sad or something. Yeah, because you know, I want to, because I know people are here, you know, for for reasons that, and a lot of them really need need uh, B fifty twos. Believe it or not, you know, it really helps them, and in so many different ways. Uh, so, you know, I'm cognizant of that. Well, right now, especially during, I'm I'm doing this thing where I'm counting down the musicians and acts that are getting me through the pandemic, and and it's mm-hmm. all it's all music that makes me feel good or it's uplifting. So I've been listening to the B52s. I've been going back and listening to you guys and ABBA and and Burt Bacharach and stuff that stuff that makes me happy. I can't listen to like Bauhaus or you know. <sighs> Or something gothic right now. I, I need to be oh my god cheered up. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, uh, Unless it's way over the top, you know, like ACDC or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you so, know, yeah. something way over the top can do it. You know, yeah, it has the music kind of has to match the times in a way, exactly. and and the way sometimes you know I just put it on uh, Pandora. 
and uh, listen to what Pandora's magic waves are going to put on, you know, and it's real, it's amazing that technology. And I, I, um, but I listen to, uh, I like uh, listening to stories on YouTube too, mm-hmm. you know, and it's funny. I like, I don't know what it is. I need something to really grab my attention so I won't think of Trump. Oh you know? God! <laughs> so sometimes I have to think of, you know, find scary stories that will just get my attention. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to Sasquatch stories. Oh, oh, oh! Get this, Helena. I found uh, this uh, YouTube site that just did um, horror stories of pizza deliverers. Oh my it, God! Yeah. You wouldn't believe how horrifying that is. What do you mean? I mean, I've okay, I've I've heard of I've heard porn movies with with pizza deliveries, like you know. Yeah, porn. this. Well, yeah, there was one story in in that group that's that you know that these two uh, sexy chicks came and this and this real hunky guy came in and uh, the guy had the pizza and he thought they were wanting sex. But it turned out they were gonna they were wanting blood and they were gonna kill him. Oh wasn't it scary? <laughs> but did they kill him? <laughs> no, he got out of there. He ran. Wait, they were satanic they were satanic, satanic girls. Satanic sexy people. Ordering pizza? Ordering pizza so that could kill him. What do you think of the band name Sexy Satanic People Ordering Pizza? <laughs> Like it. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Google it. I will. I will. Sex, sexy satanic people ordering pizza. It's a bit of the clunky title, pizza, but yeah, well, the pizza deliverer horror uh-huh. story. Okay, oh. I'll, I will look oh. it up. It it's sounds very amazing. Disturbing. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to say again, like it, it, it's strange for me not being able to perform and do drag shows. Is it strange for you not touring and taking this break, or is it good? Oh, actually, it's good because I mean, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I'm scared, like every artist, mm-hmm. that is, how is this going to come back? Right, you know, right. in a safe way, because we certainly are not going to do anything until it's. It's safe, you know. Sure. And is anybody going to have any money to right. spend on some damn music, you know? That's right. Well, I got to, you know, where food is going to be the priority. Right, right. Know? We might have to eat each other like soy and green, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the, or, or call the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> eat him and the pizza. Oh, my God. Can I, can, can I, can I ask you what is – okay, so I, I've talked to you, and, you know, your stories are amazing. You tell me some really crazy stories of being on the road, like opening up for The Who and the band uh, – the crowd turned on you guys and threw stuff at you. And one um, time you – one during the punk era, you know. Yeah, and one time you were in Hawaii and, and some gangsters were trying to kill you. Oh, and, God. Well, that – you know, I'm, I'm going to say that for a book I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be um, about, it's going to be kind of like a sci-fi mm-hmm. killer uh, kind of uh, biography with uh, a band from the 80s that gets wants to go in a time machine 
and uh, but but it doesn't work out, and their cheeks get puffy and the lips swell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pre-ordering this right now. I'm pre-ordering. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, hey! So Mark, uh, Mark has a high school drama club, and the, and he submitted some questions for them. Are you inter- answering four, four, okay. qu- four quick questions from his high school let's, drama club? Yeah, let's do it. All right, oh, awesome. So these are my now adult uh, members of my old high school drama club and other just performing arts friends who submitted some questions for you. Hi, Cindy. I've always wanted to know who came up with that iconic line, "Tin roof." Rusted. I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his voice. What a sweet man. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, of course, you know, it's an old story. Uh, writing uh, Love Shack, actually, I think we were writing two different songs and then we put them together. It's That happens a lot in, uh, when we're writing. You know, sometimes it it can be two different songs or three different songs or you just throw them all together and they make this crazy story, you know. But, you know, um, we were on this particular uh, time, we were uh, rehearsing or actually writing down in the Wall Street area in this, this like cheap, cheap, cheap room, studio um, to write Cosmic Thing. and. Um, so yeah, we could. You could get real loud, you know. You could get real loud. I mean, you know. And so, so we were just like jamming out and screaming. We were all had different mics, and we didn't know what each other were saying. And so we were all just like, like uh, just jamming to to the music to which Keith wrote. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, I was just like going. I was just thinking about Georgia and this actually this real life. Um, uh, I, I guess it's a it's a bar kind of dance place out in the country, and but it was more for uh, for the African American and people lived at close to that, you know. And so, so but we used to love to go sneak in there too at night. Um, once in a while and see what's happening in the dance. And uh, so I used to, so I was like picturing um, that memory when I was writing, uh, when, when I was screaming my, my, my jamming part. And, you know, I was just going, tin roof, rusted, you know, and the music had stopped and I didn't know it because I was so deep into the, the vision black nightclub in the sticks outside of Athens, Georgia. Oh, that's great. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's another one uh, from the same uh, pal, Casey Goldsby. Hi, Cindy. When filming the video for Love Shack, did you all know that RuPaul will end up being the big star that he is today? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, I love the time that we were, uh, you know, back in those days, you know, the early days. It was so wonderful because everybody was a genius, you know. I mean, every, we, I met so many incredible people back then, and everybody was valid, and everybody was quirky, and, and you, and you, 
followed the quirky people and and also it was an originality and and uh, definitely when they came up from Atlanta to uh, New York um, actually they came over my husband and mine's my condo in on on West 14th and hung out and but and then you know and we did the uh, video Love Shack which you know the beefy tits. We didn't know. I mean, we thought it was just going to be lucky to you know have college, uh, you know, fans or something. But it became such a historic uh, song. Who would have known? You know, no way. But the but the thing is, I've always thought if we're having fun, then the audience is going to have fun. I think that's a really important thing to remember when you're a performer. Is you really got to be in the moment, and uh, and so uh, doing the even doing the video when uh, when she came in and started dancing, it was it was just amazing. It was I mean it was a a real you know I mean it's kind of like a beatnik. I mean it was a in. It was it was a happening. You know, it's definitely a happening, and. Uh, yeah, and you could feel the energy, but you know, yeah, there was so many great artists that that just blew up, and but and you could just go to show that there's a that that can happen, and with a genius and and originality, and that's what happened. Hmm, nice, great. Okay, so uh, maybe one more, but um, I'll tell you that it was it was someone unexpected whenever I put the call out to my people that I would get um, four questions about Ricky. And Ricky, um, uh, I, Ricky just passed um, um, on the twelfth of this month. Uh, oh, in, in eighty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's they were thirty five years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I think you'll appreciate what my friend, whose name is also Rick, has to say. This question is for Cindy. Um, my name is Rick, and um, what I'd like to ask you is uh, more specific to your brother. Um, your brother was uh, one of my heroes as a kid growing up, and I, well, I think I was 15 or 16 when Ricky passed away. At the time, I was coming to terms with my own sexuality and um, what I learned in one of the obits was that Ricky had died from complications caused by the AIDS virus. And I was stunned. And obviously, um, it was also revealed that Ricky had been, that he was gay. And that was a, not only a surprise, but also, you know, one of those revelations where, you know, you somehow find kinship, you know, throughout life through means that are sometimes invisible to you. I had no idea that the music somehow transcended beyond just the sound, but also collectively gathered people of like-mindedness and, you know, birds of a feather, you know, that that whole thing um, really just kind of revealed itself in that moment for me. And so my specific question for you, Cindy, is how did the AIDS pandemic of the AIDS 80s and 90s shape you as a person and who are you now because of it oh that's great what a great question 
<clears throat> no, I'll take this. I mean, it's 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 fine. Um, I think everybody knows what it's like to to lose a, a family men, member or or close person, and uh, it's it was uh, it kind of was like an atom bomb that went off in my my family, and uh, you know uh, it was. It's just you can't describe. I, I'm sure everybody's had something like that happen, but it was uh, uh, it was very str- uh, a strange and horrible way that I found out about it. You know, Ricky. I don't know. This was early on. You got to remember, this was early in the disease, and uh, and Walter Cronkite was even talking about it you know just starting to talk about it uh but um and um i keith and ricky and i were living in a brownstone and my husband were living in a brownstone and uh, they lived upstairs keith and ricky and and my husband and i lived downstairs and uh it was uh you know it was it was a great life and everything in in the B-52s, things were happening and it was wonderful, but um, we were kind of in a in a in a snag in the B-52s uh, writing. We were supposed to write uh, bouncing off satellites, and so I didn't know that Ricky, you know, had the disease. I mean, I I noticed that he was. He looked bad sometimes and was getting thinner, uh, but he said he would dismiss anything that I said and just laugh it off, you know. Um, and I, that was his way. And and you just got to remember it was the time. Um, and Ricky was only in his early thirties, so I'm sure uh, being a young young person and. And this this uh, disease that came through, you know, I mean, I mean, it's the beginning of of the whole thing. So, so there was not much to know except <clears throat> Rock Hudson died first uh, that that you knew about, and uh, but uh, but then it was uh, uh, one day. I mean, Ricky and him and Keith would travel a lot. And it was a, a very, it was a way of Ricky dealing with uh, with the, his illness. And I'm sure he was going to doctors and things, but uh, he just he was he was gone a lot, so I didn't see him. And, and then I didn't know. I mean, I was planning my my uh, wedding for to my husband, upcoming husband, and and so I was I. I was kind of distracted, to tell you the truth. But um, but when uh, Ricky, when it became where he got down to it, we we played uh, we played Brazil, um, and it was very it was very interesting because we had to do this uh, this interview with all of us, and they and the interviewers were asking us. I mean, this is just looking back now. They were asking us about the uh, AIDS epidemic in the U.S. and 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 uh, it was I could tell there's some un- uncomfortable 
it was uncomfortable things, you know, to talk about. But um, but uh, Ricky Ricky was a shy man, and and he loved rock and roll, but you know he was an unlikely uh, rock and roller. But he could he could totally he's totally creative genius and original. But um, but you know so he had a lot of friends that uh, he was making in in uh, in New York. And uh, Tom Rubinitz, who was a dear friend of Ricky and, and me and my, and my husband and Keith Strickland, you know, um, he, he was such a wonderful man to talk to uh, after Ricky passed away. And, and, uh, uh, he, and then, uh, you know, so many of our friends passed away uh, from New York and, uh, and in uh Tom passed too. It's it was a it was a horrifying time, and you know it's kind of feeling like I am now. The whole this kind of pandemic time is a it feels like that. You know, where you're just in a, a weird world. You know that it can't be. This is can't believe that this is our reality. You know, and then Reagan not doing anything and and oh man i mean he's started so many bad things but um but um you know it was it was horrible and uh and then but i uh one day i was home you know you know just uh hanging out and uh, i get a phone call this is horrible hecklina and it was like a gum smacking young you know I guess a person they hired at the at the hospital or something, you know. She and that she's supposed to call people, and and she's like smacking guns. She said, "You know, you're living with somebody with, you know, AIDS." You know, I said, "I beg your pardon." I said, and she, I it just I had to find out in this horrible way, you know. It it blew my mind, you know. And I I just hung up the phone and and. Uh, and then and it was and it was uh, uh, like the uh, the next day that uh, I got a phone call from Keith Strickland and he was telling me what, the real thing that was going on and that I should come to the hospital and uh, but when I got there Ricky was out of it and and when my parents came up there you know he came he came he did come too. For a second, but then was out of it, and he, he passed pretty quickly after that. And so, yeah, it was horrible, just the worst, you know. And um, my family, we, you know, I mean, it was he was just like the the big gold, you know, man of the of of the family. You know, so intelligent. He loved. You know Greek history. He loved, he loved uh, languages. He loved uh, music. He, I, you know, he was a he was a wonderful person, and had the a great sense of humor, just like yours. Oh, you know, I'm, and yeah. you know, it's it's it was wonderful because we laughed a lot. I mean, he I broke up with a. a a boyfriend and he came him and Keith came back from uh, a trip from Europe that they had been been at and uh, 
And so uh, Ricky and I started living together, you know, and uh, then that's how we started, you know, kind of being friends. And, and, and I met so many interesting, interesting people. And uh, I got a lot of old uh, Jackie Curtis's old clothes. Oh, really? Yeah. I used to wear them to high school. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It was cool. Um, I was a cool teenager, man. I bet you were. (laughs) But anyway, so, you know, yeah, those were – that's how the B-52s started in that era. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, but when Ricky died of AIDS, it was, it was a big, like a uh, major thing. And, uh, and it is just like these days, how scary and horrible things are. And people are dying. You know? There are a lot of parallels to it. You know, mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. back then with AIDS, we had a president who did, didn't give a shit. And now we have a president who is such a idiot. Oh, you know what I Idiot. Mean? Yeah, yeah. Idiot. Idiot. I mean, uh, this is like unbelievable. I can't believe it, you know. I, I did eventually, um, I, you know, am grateful for the time that I had with Ricky. Mm-hmm. I can't think about the time that I've lost, mm-hmm. but the time that we've had. And we had a great adventure with the B-52. You couldn't beat it. And that, you know, I, when uh, later... In the especially when I got my uh, computer, I could connect closer to fans. Mm-hmm. And um, back in the day, I was more isolated from it. You you would do the show, and that's how you connected. Yeah. But now you're you're closer to your fans, and mm-hmm. and you uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy hearing all the uh, stories, and I've got more of a handle uh, about. Uh, how how people really feel and that it's important and you shouldn't take it for anything. Uh, you shouldn't just dismiss it. You know, I mean, I, I'm kind of shy. So I said, Oh, we're just having fun, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and it was, it was fun and it was all that, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I need to make a nod to the, the fans who have that energy and to make it uh, continue. You know, and then it means, and it brings them out of a dark place. I mean, that's kind of magic. It really is right. magic. You know, that's great art. I love it. Even though we're silly and fun, uh, it's, it's it's art that can do something. Well, I, th- I think there's a tendency for people to to sometimes uh, think that they should write off the B-52s as silly music, but it's not. And and so I, I hope that you realize. I mean, I I know you're very shy and you're very you're very humble, but I hope you realize what a groundbreaking thing the B-52s were. The music was so original. It was so, so it was so something you'd not heard before. It was so different. And you also combined that with this amazing fashion sense of the wigs and the the retro, uh, all that stuff. So it <laughs> we had was good actually thrift stores yeah. back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so you you inspired a lot of people with your looks and your music. So I hope that you oh, realize thank you. that. You're so yeah. sweet. I love you. Yeah. I love you too. Well, <laughs> I, we're, we're just about at the, we're just about at the end of the um, of the podcast. There's so many things that we could talk about, but we've got to wrap it up. Okay. And I wanna, yeah, but but I do want to ask you, what's your favorite memory of Heclina? 
Oh, I adore your face. <laughs> I adore your laughter. I adore your soul. Oh, you know? honey, you're so sweet. You know, you- I I can I I feel your warmth, and I, I it's good. You know, it's a good thing. You are a pure good woman. Um, and uh, and it, I've had so much fun talking to you tonight. And thank you, Me Mark. Too. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, and I, I I I really hope that I can see your face again very soon. All right. Goodness yeah. gracious. I, well, I, wanna, I, yeah. I don't want to have to move to Italy or someplace. I want to taste your cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will make you some corporate one day. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you. Thank you, Cindy Wilson, so much for coming Yay! on the podcast. Thank you, Kathleen. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Well, you, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Hecklina. Check out our website and create some comments on past episodes you liked. Thank you, Cindy. And now I'm going to go, probably when I'm done talking, I'm going to put on Wild Planet and just rock out and clean my house. So, um, (laughs) yeah, thank you again. Bye, sweetheart. Bye, honey. 